Welcome to Real Talk with Rio and Murph, the most niche podcast on the internet. This week's sponsor is Sleep. Get it while you can. Great, so this is the final podcast of round 32. Uh, i got lots to talk about. Murph, are you ready? You bet your britches. So uh, I'd like to get straight into uh, introducing our, our two guests for this week. Um, we have with us the round 32 runaway winner, um, Poige, uh, a.k.a. Cobber. And we're also joined by a relatively new player uh, who's had back-to-back top 10 finishes in, I think, the first two rounds. So that's me through there. So welcome, guys. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me as well. Like to uh, congratulate Poige as well. Yes, I think it's it's probably a great thing to kick off with. So congratulations uh, on on the win. It's been a, a long time coming. I know you guys, uh, your pack have been kind of close to breaking away a few times, but it's nice to finally kind of get that one in the bag. And, and how are you guys feeling about it? Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, really good. <laughs> to be honest, it was a pretty hard fought battle. So I feel like after forty seven days, I'm ready. To get some sleep. So, how many days was it throughout the uh, throughout the round that you were doing regular middle of the night logins? Then, honestly, it was probably maybe like forty days. It um, it didn't really seem to quit. There always seemed to be something happened, whether it was a few fireballs here or there early on, or as you know the the lizard folks in eight pushing off on us for a long time there. Or at the end of the round, I guess it was just trying to survive and maintain the win. So, yeah, I had to stay active pretty pretty much most of the round. And was it always the the plan that you would try to get a runaway fast attacker? Like we, we always didn't know that you had to, your troll as well in Ruri. Um, so was it the plan that you'd have a, a one-two punch, or were you kind of expecting one of you to, to get away and kind of go for that? Uh, I sort of didn't think we would get away. Um, as a lizard folk, I always thought to get away, you sort of need to have a pretty pretty clean run. But ours wasn't that clean, I guess. But um, everyone else got blocked a lot as well. So it sort of, everyone sort of kept going up and down at the start there with the blocks. And then... Yeah, I guess I just got away a little bit, which was just enough to keep me there. And then we were sort of hoping someone would come through on the mid speed. So maybe maybe a dwarf like Menno or um, P-Brain even on the Nox, but ended up being Ruri, sort of fast into slow into, I don't even know what his strat was. It was sort of fast and slow and fast again. Rio, did you uh, end up warring too at some point? We in so so I was realm eight, realm two ward us when uh, I think it was one of our only mistakes of the round when our goblin had just made his first couple of hits after conversion, and when he dropped a guard to um to make sure we got a wonder and it left him open. So it was the it was our first war of the round when it's one of the few, maybe the only one that realm two actually declared on on someone else. So it was those guys came after us and. We just didn't have black offers to kind of do anything back, really. Did you guys make it mutual or anything? 
no, because at that point there was no real benefit to it for um for us to do it. So we just kind of they they were kind of like going to take our wander as well, and um, I think we just kind of like we just let that one go. So the ward took the wander back up to five ward our, our goblin, then kind of I think ended it pretty quickly. Um, after that. Okay. Yeah, I mean we were at war from I think I timed it to one second when war was available. I guess that should have been the uh, the clue that you were there because I know that you like these early wars and uh, you really uh, you guys were the the, the kickstarter the whole thing. Yeah, I think uh, you know we went into this round not expecting to win. We just wanted to maximize fun. So we were just kind of like, you know, what are we going to do? Let's just all black up and kind of like take it from there and kind of like see what the landscape is. And we were like a hot knife through butter in realm four. I'll tell you that. Like they didn't stand a chance, but we didn't yeah. really think realm two would actually get away. So we didn't really focus our energies towards them at all, you know? So I think it's probably a good point to uh, to bring in in, in Mithrinde to, uh, to have a conversation because Mithrinde, first of all, I'd like to congrats to you for for a good um, showing in the end and making a top ten again. And you guys in Realm Eleven, um, I think, did declare war. Was it on Realm Two fairly early? Yeah, thanks, Rio. Um, yeah, we had Rush in the realm, and he was really good at kind of assessing threats. Um, yeah, we had uh, Cerberus. He was our Liz, and he had a good showing in the beginning. We, uh, I believe he started falling slightly behind, and that's why we eventually warred too. Um, but, yeah, some people said that he was kind of on top there for a little bit. Um, I believe Murph said that 4 looked a little bit stronger. Yeah, when, when war becomes active, it's super early, so a lot of it is best guesswork on who's going to be a problem child for us at least. Right. So we wanted to try to like kill any possibilities of any kind of runaways. Right. So that's why we went after four because they just had volume of threats as opposed to quality of threats. Yeah, I kind of agree with, I mean, I personally saw four as the top threat when you guys ward them just because of how many fast attackers they had. Uh, doing fairly well, where we only had one, and uh, I believe two had a couple with the like. And Rush, I think Rush was saying something about your dwarf. There was a dwarf that got hit in your realm with Randir that uh, was a result of a war or something. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was Sly D. Um, he was not happy most of the round. <laughs> Um, he was uh, doing a convert strat, and uh, we had two converters, the human and the dwarf. Uh, the human was looking really strong. Um, but Sly, was he was also up there. He was not wanting war, and uh, we were all war-hungry. And uh, we had the democracy, and we eventually did war, too. And he knew it wasn't going to be good for him, and it turned out to not be good for him. But... In the end, it was really just because of his own um, undoing that he did get hit because it was an Ares or a snare. And and Poig, uh, 
or po how do you say it? Is it poige? Poig? Poigi? What are we going with? Let's go with poige. Poige. Almost like it rhymes with porridge, eh? Yeah, sure. We'll go with that, yeah. So was it your guys' plan then to kind of snare that dwarf because you kind of saw a window there? Or, or what were you guys thinking when Realm 11 warned you? Um, at first, I was, yeah, obviously a little bit scared just because getting war in general is not fun. But um, they didn't do as much damage as I thought they may. Um, and we had a, after the first round, we had a chance to basically snare, I think it was Rush, so he could fireball me as much. Um, and we went mutual. So I think, I think we went mutual. Maybe we didn't, but um, it wasn't the plan to, to hit that dwarf at the start of the war. I think it was a little bit in to the war that we actually hit him. So it wasn't the plan, but it sort of just came to that I saw that I could. And we had a lot of blockers in our realm, so yeah, it wasn't, wasn't that hard. Yeah, because I know we warred you guys twice, and both times... I think we were targeting your troll, I think, both times. Yeah, you guys didn't really touch me. But yeah, you really you really did the troll. Twice. He had a, he had a lot of wizards, though, right? Oh, yeah, he had a lot of wizards. But we, we were just hammering them with whatever, right? Like, if we... Have we we always fireballed him, even with his wizards. We're like, okay, we'll just keep going, right? And then I think we made him build max docks, too, just to, because we were sinking everything, right? Yeah, he went to, he went to like, 8 or 9% docks pretty early. And I don't think we ever warred Rio's realm just because it didn't look that threatening. Hey, Rio? Yeah, it was either that, or maybe you just didn't have enough people in range to go after our threats. Uh, I think we had enough people in range, you know? I remember you were kind of, like, checking me out a bunch, too, there, Rio, early, that uh, expiration. I always saw him checking me out. Yeah, that was usually just for, uh, just for comparison's sake, just uh, you and the other, um, the other gnome in, in round three, just because we started out pretty much the, the same strategy, right, in the, out of protection. And then we did completely different things. And then, uh, yeah, I was just kind of keeping tabs on you. And uh, I figured at some point you'd make a mistake and I'd be able to visit you again, which, which turned out to be the case uh, on the second to last day. Well, that, that wasn't a mistake. That was going for the largest hit of the round. Well, there's still one more for me to uh, a notch on my belt. Yeah, but I felt like you were kind of behind me for most of that round, eh? And it wasn't until I decided to just go for the hit of the round where you actually were able to pass me, I think, for, like, the first time of the whole thing. No, we, we were, like, going all the way through because I, I attacked the whole way through. I, I didn't go for the easy route of, uh, of converting later on like you did. And, and then we, we kind of seesawed a little bit. You, you ended up coming back ahead of me towards the end um, after I took a couple of hits when we were at war with, with round four. But we were pretty even throughout most of it until... Um, until you did that big hit. And uh, I think I was already kind of like coming back ahead of you, but, but we were both, we neither of us really had a, a chance of winning um, from quite early on. So 
we just had our own little bit of fun. Yeah, I mean, we were going into it thinking, you know, it's Christmas time, you know, around, you know, like the mid late part of the round, we're just not going to be around, right? So we didn't want to put too much energy into, you know, really focusing on a strat that could win. So we're just like, you know what, let's just be a bunch of reindeer and just try to piss people off. <laughs> so that's what we ended up doing. To my side, it's kind of like, it's, goes back to favoring uh, what round two have done because we we kind of did similar kinds of things in them and that we had some fast attackers we had a, a quick converter and then we had some like long-term um plans as well so efficient attackers and, and efficient converters coming through but it's just in all those little battles just two just had the slight edge over all of us um and just the the dynamics just worked for them and they just kind of made the right moves and we could have probably made some of the wrong moves so Realm 2 just kind of outcompeted us at the various levels. That's, you know, that's what happens when you get, uh, you know, good coordinated packs landing together. Poige, was it uh, two five packs that landed then in two? Yeah, so that was um, our pack, which is myself, Eric, Olvendees, Mano, and Ruri with the Hydra. That's... Dave, Thorsiera, uh, Grapes, P-Brain, who's the other one? I'm looking at the list now. Who's the fifth member that I'm missing here? Eric, Lasso. Um, but yeah, we also had some good randoms as well, if you have a look. Um, we had J-Rob, which is a dedicated blopper, and... We had Neo, who um, actually joined four days late and still finished like 5.9k. So, yeah, Neo fights always a good dude. Yeah, we had so we had we had 12 relative like very active dominions. Yeah, I'd heard that after uh, after David being on the the podcast, and even maybe before that, when when people thought that the Hydra were uh, were in round seven, he kept getting messages. Saying why are you guys uh why are you guys leaving round two alone why why don't you go after him? Yeah, he mentioned that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, we kind of staged it to look like it was the Hydra, basically from the word go, just to kind of make sure nobody kind of knew where we were. Uh, I'd say mission accomplished. You sort of you sort of look like the Hydra, you know, like. Just out, out to kill people. Yeah, our honestly, our first war was the best because it completely caught four off guard, and like they had like not a lot of ratios. They had forest havens, but you just shell those forest havens enough, and you know the peasants will crumble. But uh, the subsequent wars were always harder because everybody had kind of ratioed up by then, you know, so they weren't as easy. Yeah. Especially early, it's sort of um, it's easy to put your defense up a little bit. Just train a few wizards, put a few forest savings in place. You can sort of sort of defend it somewhat okay, as long as you have some time to build them. So, Poige, what would you say some of your biggest struggles were for the round? Um, I guess just trying to stay alive. To be honest. Like the, I don't even know when all those wars happened. That was like, was it day like eight to 
15 or something. I we had a few. That was probably the biggest struggle, just going to like whatever, 4.5% 4, 4 Forest Havens and putting like 0 0.3 to 0.4 Archmages in place. But then after that, it sort of, the blocks sort of fell away a little bit for me because I sort of just, just big enough that I couldn't, I didn't have three or four guys in range. So then it sort of moved over to not getting hit by those two eight lids, but I ended up doing that anyway. Um, I guess it was just the length of time I had to stay active that I didn't actually run away. Like I thought, yeah, if you're going to run away, you want to be clear and sort of chilling up there, just training the huge up, pushing your five four. But I didn't really, I didn't really get that at all ever. So you never really felt comfortable and able to put your feet up kind of thing, eh? Yeah, not, not the whole round. Probably the, the last four or five days once the troll was, like, seriously strong. Did I feel like we were in control completely, you know? So do you think, uh, you know, Liz or Troll need, like, a nerf for next round? Or what's kind of your read on the racial changes? Uh, I haven't really looked at the racial changes yet for what you guys are looking at, but because um, I'm probably going to be skipping next round. But um, yeah, I think Liz seemed like the only, the main reason I picked them this round is because I thought blocks were going to be huge, and they were. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I picked them because of the sinking. Um, I just thought everyone's going to have to run five or six percent docks early maybe even more you know just depending on who you are and just not having to do that as liz felt you know quite it just encouraged me to play them i've always liked Liz as well i don't know if they need a nerf it's really hard to make that call in the in the round that we just had it was pretty intense for fast attackers ask any of them so in troll I'm not really sure. I didn't really watch Rui's Dominion enough early to know eh, how strong Troll are. But Lizard Foe Control are my two favorite races, so I do love the both. Because what? Realm 10 didn't declare war, didn't have a war declared on them until the last week of the round. The whole freaking round. And the other thing we should cover is... Uh, the goblins you know there's a couple nasty looking goblins there um and one of them was in reels realm so he, he'll be able to actually give us some insider knowledge on that one but i think they both were played somewhat differently i think one converted at like 1500 the other one i think went to like 2000 ish right what, what was your take on the con converting goblins there Rio? yeah so gothia was our um, goblin he went he went early at 1500 um, it, it looked to be a risky kind of time to do to to do it because that's when people start to break away. But the timing just worked out that once he'd finished his convert, um, some of the top bots got in the range, so he could make a couple of hits off that. And I think there were quite a few jokes that most of his hits early on were on bots. Um, whereas uh, Disco, who was the other goblin in round six, he he did a later one, whether it's two thousand to two thousand five hundred, I can't remember, but. They ended up in similar position. Both probably there's like the second and third attackers behind um, 
um, behind Poich. Um, there were still a few other fast attackers kind of hanging in there, but when you get goblins with, you know, 400 diamond mines or so, and they were just kind of one or two hits behind, they became like, I think almost immediately, like the second or third biggest um, attackers to kind of take note of. And it was just, it was just a good round for them, for, um, for the converting when they did it. So I think it's just kind of worked out for them in that way. Well, and the beautiful thing, and I think I said this at the time, was you, as a goblin, right, using wolf riders, you know, you don't actually have to defend Koopa, right? You just, whenever he hits, you just, you have a three-hour window to hit. So, you know, you could save a lot of population by not defending him. Exactly, yeah, that, that was definitely part of it. But they also, at some point, you know, you need to be able to have the, the defense to be able to send in his range. Um and defend him otherwise you're just not going to catch him so it was a bit of a balancing act on on whether you kind of just send after him or whether you try to actually get enough to offense and defense to send within range and, and ultimately you have to kind of be able to do that at some point um Gossier managed to do it um early on really it, it kind of like just it was a bit of a ding dong thing of uh Gossier would kind of get into a good position um and then and then Poige would kind of just go back like back ahead and it Seemed to go happen that way throughout the round. I don't know if that was your kind of take on things as well, Boyd. Yeah, I was. I was scared of freeze by Christmas for sure. Um, hitting those bots on low up and yeah, he was. He was. He was scaring me for sure. I. I always thought he was going to move past me. So did yeah, freeze by Christmas to... look stronger than Lord of something? He's. He seemed to, I, as I remember it, but I don't know if he was. Maybe, maybe he arrived earlier or something. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it's kind of fair to say that um, Lord, played by um, Disco, was always kind of... Even when he had similar numbers, he, he often would kind of attack and almost use our guys as cover um, they're going to get his land in. So he kind of he was ahead in land a few times and, and maybe even caught up in, in offense a few times. But um, I, I think I think our guy Freeze was probably the, the main threat. And, and we also used our Lizards um, folk who were kind of behind at the time. We used their kind of suicidal um, offense to kind of protect Gothi and kind of we had that card to play, which we played one of them. We didn't get the chance to play the other one, though. Yeah, those Lizard folks definitely made your realm look way more intimidating. Yeah, caffeine was really messing with my head most of the round because he was in my range where uh, I don't think the other one was. And he was really making me and the other slow attackers in my realm question sending. And I think I had to send out several times very underdefended against him, which was a little frustrating and scary, but I figured he was holding out. Yeah, I mean, from from like mid round so we, we really kind of had our, our guns all aimed at round two um and once we did the first attack um with with fully cooked i think it was kind of clear that we would be willing to kind of sacrifice people um, if the opportunity arose um, we didn't always take them because sometimes we knew it would work out too much in favor of other people um but we just wanted to make sure people were aware that that's something that we would be willing to do Boyd, were you uh were you ever in, I guess, danger of buttons, two buttons? No, uh, I don't think so. 
there was there was a period there where everyone in my realm kept talking about two buttons. Um, I must have been out of range because he he might have been a problem for like one send, and then that was it. He sort of stayed down there and trained his crazy op just outside my range. Yes, well, I think when two buttons was trained in all that offense, I, I think I kind of our conversation in our realm was pretty much you can just ignore it um, because it's probably not going to be aimed at most of our people anyway. So um, I'm sure a lot of our, our attackers are sent out not even bothering to defend them because we knew that if he did attack, then he'd just get ripped apart anyway and figured he wasn't aiming for us. So we just, we just carried on with our day. Yeah, try ignoring that with mutual war on. Because he was doing that while at mutual war with us, so it was, it was definitely tough times for us when he was doing that. So we switched our fireballs onto him. Because to start the round off, we started the round off with the war on four, and then I think like a day or two into it, they decided to mutual us. Uh, so then I made the determination that we're just going to let this war go. The entire duration of the five days <laughs> so we never undeclared on them it auto canceled on us or else we would have just still been at war with those guys you don't get me started on ward with round four we were at mutual war with them pretty much the last like or well, the middle half of the round it was ridiculous well we set them up to be perfect black operas you know because we took their strategy and just threw it in the garbage. So they had to kind of rewrite what they wanted to do for the round, right? And that was part of our hope was to turn people into black hoppers, right? And just make a mess of the round and kind of like see what could happen, you know? Because a lot of our guys were just going converters or black hoppers. Yeah, I mean, if that was the plan, then it worked, you know? Looking through Realm 4, I think they only ended up with Maybe like one or two attackers left. The most of them started out as attackers or converters, and, and nearly all of them deconverted by the end and switched to black ops. Yeah, because our two primary targets at the beginning was Grumpy Cat, which was Dan the Man, and then Left Exit, which is Worstmeyer, I guess. And Worstmeyer basically deconverted within the first twelve hours because we had him down to like I think six thousand peasants for a while until he decided to deconvert. And then we went after Stop the Madness, J-Boy. So, yeah, like, I think if we wouldn't have done anything to four, they probably would have been pretty freaking scary. Yeah, they had the fast guys for sure. And then they had the spirit. I thought they looked really strong. Well, yeah, they had two spirits in there too, right? So that was part of our thinking was like, okay, if, if we don't war four, they're going to have, like, three fast attackers. They're going to have two spirits, right? And then if they have any converters in there, that'd be a problem later in the round. So we're just like, you know what? That's the target. Because we were looking at 2 and 11, but honestly, 2 and 11 didn't look as scary at all as 4 did. So, you know, I'm sure if we would have targeted, you know, 2, we would have basically done the same thing, right? Obviously, the fireballs would have been on Koopa. You know, good luck growing with like 6,000 peasants, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, 
hard to cop that early, you know. It's so early to be doing that. Murph, did you guys do any sinking of anyone? Oh, yeah. So, like, that first war, we sunk Grumpy Cat to the point where he couldn't send for, I think, like, 48 hours, two days. Because he just didn't protect his boats. Didn't have enough docks, so... We were able to sink him, and he just kept training salamanders. So we're just like, okay, buddy, well, if you're not going to build any docks. So we just sunk him completely, right? So he couldn't do anything for two days. But then after a while, they had the mutual war on us, and they had two buttons. So I think two buttons hit me with mutual war at some point. Or it was their spirit. Somebody in four hit me with mutual war. Should we say maybe the, 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 the mistake that made was being too threatening maybe like having too many threats in their realm like yeah i felt like in our read was they just kind of tried to set themselves up into a position where they could run away easily unless they were stopped right so we just didn't want to get to that point where it's too late to do anything so we just kind of decided this is who we're going to war right out of the gate and let's see how much damage we can do. And then within, like I said, within the first 12 hours, we had already killed off one of their, their attackers, the Lycanthrope, deconverted immediately. Which then freed us up to go after, because uh, Grumpy would have already, we already sunk him. So I think we went after, um, I don't think it was two buttons. I think we went after the Spirit at that point with Fireballs. Yeah, good choice. They're scary. How much damage did you guys do to buttons? Not much because we just didn't consider him threatening. And then when he decided to start doing his crazy 5-4 pumps, that's when we focused fireballs on him. But, you know, at that point he already had all that offense and we couldn't sink him, right? So we just kind of tried to buckle down. But he hit a couple of our guys for sure. Because that was, that was a solid five days of war, and three of those days were mutual war. Did you guys ever consider that you may have knocked them out of contention enough that it was worth canceling and going after two, possibly? Or did you still see them as a threat that you had to completely kill off? At that point, we wanted to rack up infamy. So a lot of our guys were just getting a ton of, of infamy and spy mastery and wizard mastery, right? So um, we just wanted to rack that up for everybody. Because a lot of our other guys uh, who weren't in the pack just kind of wanted to, you know, have fun and with wars and black ops, right? So with Mutual on, it was very beneficial for everybody else in our realm to rack up black op points, right? And I think by the end of the round, I had copped... Almost 100,000 fireballs killed for, for my peasants, right? So I think I was one of the top guys that actually had peasants killed on me. Because that second war with two, uh, they pretty much just fireballed me all the time and sunk me. But I brought in a bunch of docks, so they weren't able to do anything sinking-wise. But they fireballed me religiously for like three days, which was fun. So I was just looking through my statistics uh, for myself, and uh, I, I got fireballed a little bit as well. I lost 3,000 peasants at one point. 
Oh wow, three thousand. Yeah, Pretty. this was the, the the first rounds where I had hardly any uh, black up damage, so I guess I really wasn't a threat or considered one by anyone. No, the the only time I looked at you, Rio, as was as a bottom feed target the final hour. Yeah, I did wonder that. I saw that you guys uh, took up something straight away, so I thought that might be the case. But it turned out I, I would have hit you, but it turned out if Rory made his hit, it would have meant we could tie the win. Yeah, I think at that point I didn't like, not that I, I didn't care that I I took the chance that I took hitting with you know like an hour and a half to go, um, knowing that somebody might take a shot at me. But I, I also figured you know unless it went down past the kind of like that end point, which it ended up doing, then any kind of any hit that anyone made would have like consequences for other people sending as well. So I think it was like worth taking the chance, and it just didn't work out for me. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was huge. At that point, anyway, not going for, not going for the uh, results. You went after my mountains, at least. No, I wasn't building them. So most of I wanted to just get back to Muff was uh, when you guys awarded went for war with Realm Four and and Wurstmeyer the uh, the lycanthrope basically deconverted immediately. It, it kind of made me think about, you know, in the in the test round, we had a whole load of attackers and people went for me straight away and, and it just seemed to be, make more sense just to eat the fireballs and kind of carry on doing what you can and just hope that, you, you know, your teammates kind of pick up the mantle and, and go on and carry on fighting. The fact that he'd kind of released and, and done all that just really switched the targets onto other people. So, so do you think you would have just been better to kind of just bear down and just take it and, and carry on? I think from a team perspective, what he did was probably the worst situation for his team because it allowed us to just not focus on him at all and then just pick another guy in his pack, right, to do the exact same thing to. Yeah, exactly. And I think even, you know, down to 6,000 peasants, you know, I think that's what I was in the test round, and you do recover from it, you know. If, if you get temples in as well and um, – and, you know, with with the new uh, resilience and everything else, you do can kind of come back. You definitely knock down, but you're not necessarily completely gone. Yeah, like our perspective was we we liked what he did because that meant he was going to turn into a black opera himself, right? So that's a win for us, and also it let us just go after the spirit. I think at the time, stop the madness. But I was looking at their town crier there, Rio, and it looked like your Liz is really teed off on the other spirit, eh? The creepy real? You guys just kept feeding on him. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, uh, through all our wars with round four, we ended up hitting them a lot more than they hit us. I think the only hits they really made on us were the two. The spirit went for me at one point, um, just because I had this really unlucky timing. Because um, I knew that he'd be, if he went for me, then I knew that Hoyge, that Cooper would be able to hit him. So I knew that wouldn't happen. So I made an attack, and then it just so happened that Poich hit him all in like three seconds later anyway, which then completely freed him up to be able to hit me. That kind of sucked, but we snared him and, and killed him off later on anyway. And then the only other hit was the uh, the Nox went for me as well, but was completely open to our Wood Elf and our Troll, so he got knocked down, and that was kind of him out of it as well. But yeah, we went after a lot of their attacks. We, we hit them a lot throughout all the wars that we had for round four. Yeah, and I guess 
you know, that's pretty much a direct consequences of what we did in the early hours of the round there, right? Because if we wouldn't have turned them into a black op pack, they probably wouldn't have been warring you guys at all, right? It's hard to say. It definitely had that influence on, on how things kind of came about, but the Black Ops were really kind of minor when they did come for us. It was really more about getting the Wanda. They did throw some Black Ops. like They definitely went for our um, our Goblin initially, and then they, they ended up going for our, our Lizard Folk, um, which was really annoying because he was kind of the one keeping Poijin in check at that point. Um, yeah. But most of the time it was just for, for the Wonder, I think. I was really disappointed that nobody came for our Wonder. I actually had to turn off notifications at a certain point. The guy that actually looked at me the most was actually Virtue. That orc, Fierce in Flannel. He was like in my stuff like every day, and I'm like, I, I don't even have any numbers, bro. I don't know what you're looking for here, but there ain't nothing to find. But I think Virtue is somebody that said that he was doing a lot of that just to, to rack up um, the hero points. Yeah, he came third. So yeah, looks like RVV and then Koopa. RVV by like a country mile had the most uh, hero points. Eh? Mithrander, do you know what his hero was? Um, I'm not sure who he used. Um, I know he was teching and also had uh, some DMs, so not quite sure. Oh. Did you never get uh, the hero uh, wizard up on him, ever? Um, I'll check for you right now. I'll get back to you on it. Yeah, because I'm kind of curious. I mean, that thing has over 10,000 points. So whatever it is, it must have been, like, what, level 12, you'd think, right? I think he said he picked up level 12 on, uh, on the last hit, that last second. Yeah, we never got hero. Sorry, Mithrander, what, what was he? We never got hero ops on him, I guess, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Okay, we got one. It was a blacksmith. So he must have got level 12 blacksmith. Was your hero a blacksmith too, Mithrander? I ran, a, was it the casualty reduction one? It uh, turned out to be really good. So let's see. So yours was a healer. And what level did you get that thing to? I think I reached level 10 with my last hit. And I think at the end of that round there, I was there was a point where with my uh, converts from sorties, I was actually gaining net worth with, that, with every hit, which was pretty, pretty awesome. So your healer was a minus 10% casualty reduction. And then it looks like his blacksmith... Yeah, so 10,000 is the threshold for level 12. So he had a blacksmith that was minus 3% cost. And Koopa, what was yours? Yeah, I had a blacksmith. So he was... He got level 11, Mario. Level 11. Yeah, it's interesting to kind of see which one was better. And I mean, it almost seems like the blacksmith and the healer kind of were similar because looking at your land size, right? Like 
He beat him by eight acres, Mithrandir. Yeah, it was close there at the end. Um, I would, if I wasn't doing the uh, sorties convert strat, I think I probably would have went blacksmith. But because I I was running so many uh, specs most of the round, it was I think beneficial. It just took so long to kick into gear. I think until the last ten days or so. Yeah, I think that was probably the right choice for you as well, doing that strat. It probably makes sense for, for the two different strats to do with two different types of hero. I did want to ask, uh, Mr. Indeed, so was this your... Did you play the, the previous game, or was this, are you actually like, brand new to the game? Um, I used to play Elveron. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that game. Um... I, I used to have a buddy that played Elveron. Uh, his name is Jerky. You ever heard of him? Uh, I haven't. Um, I got into Elvron when I was in middle school from one of my, I think it was my science teacher. It was kind of crazy. But yeah, it was fun back then. And I went a long time after that game shut down looking for a replacement and just couldn't find Open Dominion, I guess, until this year. So did somebody refer you to it or did you just happen to find like you're looking for something similar? Uh, I actually have some uh, web development background and uh, I was trying to rebuild Elveron and got pretty close and then uh, I did a Google search and found Open Dominion on Reddit and saw how much uh, I guess more advanced it was than what Elveron used to be and kind of just gave up on that project and started playing this instead. (laughs) So is it like like I guess, what's the similarities and the differences between the two? Uh, Elvron had a very smaller player base at the time I played it. Um, smaller realm sizes. Um, they had, uh, I guess, an experience winner every round, where it was kind of a... I think I mentioned it on here before, but it wouldn't work with the way this game's set up. But it was uh, basically where someone would uh, run... Uh, You'd go for, I guess, what do you call it, prestige in this game. And uh, you could win with having the most prestige or experience. And at some point, uh, they had heroes that you would earn with every attack. And uh, at some point, your heroes could have more offense than all of your troops. And you could potentially attack with just your heroes. So it was interesting. But that game, uh, it was very interesting. A lot of the buildings are called the same thing. Troops are similar. A lot of the races are even similar in a way. Uh, I'd say the main difference is that uh, that game was geared more towards, I think, medium to slow attacking, where this game is uh, a lot of the winners are seem to be fast attackers, and the rounds are also the same length in this, where they were kind of scattered, some were short, some were longer in Elfron. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's uh, geared towards zombies in this game, for people who don't like to sleep. I'm one of those guys that likes my overnight sleep, all the time, even if even when we had Bobo running, I'm just like Bob's. Good luck, bud, because I'm going to bed. So if you need anything, don't ask me. Yeah, I uh, I really thought the when I started playing this game, the one thing that kind of does actually save you on a little sleep is the automatic drafting of drafties. Um, I think that's cool that you don't actually have to go on and convert your peasants to drafties every hour. Oh, you had to do that in Elvron. 
Yeah, you did, but they were. Uh, it was actually beneficial to have as many draftees as possible at any time because your draftees actually produced platinum or gold, they called it. So people would run super high draftees, and when you trained your troops, you would lose a lot of gold production or platinum production. Huh, that's weird. So, so they had military units creating platinum, essentially? Yeah, it was uh, very odd. A lot different than this game in that aspect. It's almost like you had a bunch of mercenaries, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that yeah. game also did not have a blops present. Uh, presence whatsoever so uh, my first round here I was pleasantly surprised when I was fireballed and snared and kind of bullied for not having any ratios because I was used to playing you know Elvron and not having a single spy really or ages just enough to get ops yeah here it's I like to I would like to think it's you know multifaceted you know you have more dimensions to explore in in the strategies that you're going to try to do right and then people have you know plenty of options to use against you other than just invading you yeah i I love the blops i'm all for it as long as it's not against me but (laughs) i guess it's still fun either way it you know i'm sure one of it'll come you know it's like a boomerang right comes when you least expect it to come it comes when you don't want it to come Usually, yeah. I'm uh, definitely going to try to uh, defend against them as best possible. Um, I have my notifications on 24-7 waiting for, I guess, a snare possibility or... uh, What is it called? Uh, When they kill your draftees. Always waiting to try to get a bounce or turn on Ares really quickly, something like that. Trying to trying to bounce me this round, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our uh, one of our guys was able to do that actually. Uh, let me see. It was Mac. So Blitzenfetamine. He was able to bounce somebody. I'm just gonna see who that was. I think it was Realm Two, if I remember correctly. Oh, it was us. Yeah, it was hitting Peach from behind with a banana. Oh, that's that's funny. <laughs> I remember right now. I do remember that. Because he, uh, he had noticed that you guys were revving him, right? Because, I mean, that stupid wonder we have tells us everything all the goddamn time, you know? So he had woken up, and he had seen that you guys had revved him, and then revved him again? at the hour change, but he had like five seconds where he could just put it on without you guys noticing or something. So that's what he did. He just, he noticed you guys revved him and they're like, okay, perfect. I'll, I'll turn it on now. Now that you've revved me. Right. <laughs> and then I guess between that second or two seconds of him turning it on and, and uh, peach hitting, he had, he was able to bounce. And it was actually a fair few seconds before peach hit. I think, I think he, um, I think he had a connection issue that it was pretty funny. Frustrating for him to try and, I think that was a bottom feed as well. Yes. Cause I made fun of that in the Dom chat. I'm like, is that the first bounce on a bottom feed attempt ever? 
we we all had a good laugh. Was that Eric's? It might have been. Let me see who this is. Yeah, it's Eric's. Oof. That's that's bad news bears right there for Eric's. Yeah, it's a pretty rough way to end your attacking, isn't it? On a bottom feed bounce. Like, you never see those. <laughs> right? Because you'd think that if you're bottom feeding somebody, they're not as active. Right? Yeah, he just went for it, you know? Hail Mary. Rio, have you ever bounced by somebody releasing on you or anything? You say, have I? Yeah. No, but we've, we, uh, we had a bounce uh, ourselves, and it was a, an Aris drop hit. But ours wasn't even because the person noticed. They just left it off for a few seconds after the hour change. We got the rev, made the hit, but they just happened to put it on at some point, you know, like 10 seconds in, and we sent on like 12 seconds in, so we, we bounced that one, so... I've bounced a few on spell drops from people just putting up in that like few second gap, but I don't think I've had anyone, uh, you know, actually like like force the bounce by uh, by releasing on me. Oh yeah, I'm just noticing now that uh, at the end of the round there, you were hit by two dark elves, eh? Real? Oh yeah, and I was trying to get them both to, but they both had their lizard folks. Both both round ten and round eleven had their two. Uh, the two spy races. One was a lizardfolk, one was a, a halfer assassinate my draftees, and I, I just dropped all my spies and wizards at different points to try to force a bounce, but they had me so easily that I don't think it really would have made a difference, but I thought I'd try it just in case they were trying to be a bit tricky. Yeah, I sent a pretty close OP on you. I think I only sent maybe 5 or 10k more than what you had, but I was kind of looking to see if your active net worth was changing at all, but um, I had uh, our Liz do an ops on you, and I didn't even ask him to assassinate and just messaged me right before the tick, and he's like, I killed 1,500 draftees, so <laughs> for the hit. Oh, yeah, it was the two of them. They were taking turns in it. It was like I'd be seeing like 100 go like five times, and then the other one would go for a little while, and then, uh, then they'd switch back again. They were doing it throughout, so I uh, I thought I'd try to make a bounce, but it I figured you guys would. Uh, oh, it would be nicer now that you said that if you did bounce, but it was what it was. Yeah, thinking back, I probably should have just sent my full send, knowing that uh, the troll had me easily no matter what. But I figured he would go for the the other de, him being a few acres bigger. Yeah, I'm looking at my so, dominion, I ended up with uh, eleven spies and ten assassins left. No wizards, no archers. Big boy numbers. Yeah, I was a I was a big sinking target. If anyone wanted a last minute war after my out with uh, Koopa, uh, I think I only had five assassins left. Yeah, you you dropped a lot of units. I believe I, I dropped noticed... about two k spec uh, sorties there too. <laughs> I noticed there was some back and forth, though, with the goblins and, and your troll there, Boych. That was always fun to see, like, you know, your troll would send or get hit. I don't, was he hit all in at one point by Gothia? No, the, um, the goblin just kept hitting him when he sent, basically. So the troll would send, 
and phrase would hit him, and then I'd hit phrase. And what was the play behind that, Rio? So it was really just a case. We already knew that we figured a lizard folk on, like, say, like 6K um, can get pulled back by efficient races. But then if you let a troll get to 6K um, and larger than everyone else, then no efficient race has got any chance. So we were willing to kind of make, make that trade, um, slow down the troll, and then even if the, the lizard folk takes a hit, and it was only ever going to be one hit each time as well. So we did it once. And then we saw a second opportunity came, but um, but Ruri the troll left a load of Baron, so we were like, okay, there's no point in two in that. So we let him go that time, and and then the the next time after that, he'd built everything up again, did it, opportunity came up again, so we thought, put that hit on again. Gossia gained both times; it slowed the troll down both times, and uh, it was kind of like that second hit. It was almost just like a foregone conclusion anyway, but. But to have any hope of any efficient race kind of catching up, it was it was needed. So that's why we kind of pulled the trigger both times. And it looks like just looking at your realm now, Rio. It looks like you did you guys back with uh, Big Chris again? Yeah, he was with us. Okay, I always you know assume he's gonna be better than four K, right? He is. Uh, yeah, statistically, he's a terrible player, but. He was the one, you know, that actually managed to plant the hit on, on Poijan, on Cooper, early on to actually hold him in place. And, and he was threatening that suicide for, for quite a long time. And eventually, kind of, he did it, um, which kind of bought some time for, for other people. But, but Poijan um, just played a, a good round and still managed to get away. And did you have a, another four-pack in there or a three-pack with you guys? So we had a five-pack as well. We had a, a, a really good group as well. We had the group that... Or, most of the group that um, were in the winning realm last round as well. So we had uh, Unfather, Margus, um, Divino, Freeze, and, and Vin. So they were actually like a really, really good active bunch. And even when things weren't going great for, for them, you know, if people were taking hits or stuff like that, they still stayed active. Um, so we had a really, really nice mix. And, and I think like statistically, a lot of the stuff we had kind of like the second best realm overall. So we had a lot of fun. Yeah, because like Zach, we we played with him before. He's always fun. Freeze is really good at getting. Yeah, he off. was a. Zach was a, a random that came in. He started like a week late, so he um he ended up kind of growing, but he was he was good form as well. He started a week late and he almost beat you. Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, it was definitely sometime between four and seven days late. But he was exploring though, so. Uh... And, uh, yeah, he almost beat me, but I think he actually beat you. Uh, could be. Yeah, I only finished just over 5,000. But you know who had the biggest hit of the round? Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, I only count hits if you don't get hit back. Well, that's rubbish, and you know it. Anyone can suicide. I didn't count it when I, I got that. I did not suicide. It was a tactical... Strategic play. But didn't you like net gain about 50 acres or something? No, I net gained like 300 and some because I hit for over 700 acres, right? And then you and the other gnome hit me for like 500. So I net gained almost 300 acres. Okay, so it's almost worth it. Well, yeah, and you get the hit of the round. 
That's uh, that's real champion status right there. It's only three points in my system. Yeah, but it's it's glory that lives on, my friend. It's the memories that live on. Exactly. So you you know what you won't hear is Koopa saying, "Well, hey guys, I had the biggest hit of the round." Because he didn't. Because I just didn't. Just I just wasn't yeah. I wasn't good enough. Exactly. He had some piss poor black op realm that was not only black oping everybody in sight. They also had the big say of the round. So look, moving forward for next round, Poyge, are you uh, you sticking with your crew? You're gonna try to rerun this or what? Can you hear that screaming baby or no? <laughs> nope. I think it's just in your okay. head. Yeah, no. Um, I'm probably gonna I'm gonna skip next round. I've I've got a overseas trip planned to New Zealand, so I will be with the fam over there and probably not playing Open Dominion, which is quite rare for me. I've been playing for a few rounds, I think. I've only skipped like one and maybe the last ten or something. Yeah, you were a lizard folk. Oh, yes. Yes, versus Toothy. Was it me versus Toothy? Yeah, he was our big boy at the end there. I was just hanging on, I think. I didn't quite make it. Yeah, I think that was like, you were like Tom Hanks or something, right? No, that was, um, who plays in that pack? Gab and someone else. Kong. Kong. Kong Benny. I'm trying to have a look. Reptile. You were Reptile, that's what it was. So creative. Such a creative name. Yeah, I think you were the only one that survived the curb stomping that we did to, to the rest of your realm. That was that round where we came out of protection. You guys smacked the crap out of some dominion. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, it was a lot. Was, was it name Rio? <laughs> I'm not sure. That's probably Rio, Rio and Sons, right? I don't think so. This is looking at round sixteen. This is uh, one of our first wins. Gossia won that round, so you probably did us a favor. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, Gossia did win that. Oh yeah, that was the half a half of yeah, that was that match matchup. That's right. I think that was one of the rounds because I don't think Yami's crew has ever won a round, right? They've been close so many times, but it's always like the bridesmaids with them, right? I think you're right. When I, I was looking the other day, when because uh, there's been discussions saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't have two packs, two, like, five packs land together. And this is this is um, the first win for, for Poyge in your group, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think, yeah, it's so wrong. I think maybe in... Did uh, Volvent D's and Eric win Classic at some point, or in, I'm not sure when, somewhere? Yeah, I think they, they tied for an Explorer win, I think, one time. Um, but yeah, an Open Dominion, because I was, I was looking through the pack stuff, and I saw that I didn't think that you guys had won until until now, and uh, the, the next kind of like um, top group of uh, players without a win is that Yami and JC and, and Toy group, who, who have come close a few times, but not quite there. 
Always yeah. the bridesmaid, yeah. never the bride. There's been a few times where JC's uh, come up against Gothia. I think it's like two or three times now where they've come like first and second or like first and third. They just don't measure up. That's the hard truth of it sometimes, you know? You just don't measure up. And it's not like Amy's going to listen to this anyway, right? <laughs> he doesn't read the round win stories, and he doesn't listen to the podcast. So the whole growth of that pack is just kind of stagnant. And they're missing out on all this great strategy advice. Yeah, but with, with Yams, right? It's not like he's never one to really, you know, take advice. He'd rather give you advice and give you pointers and stuff, right? He rarely listens to advice. Yeah, I think you're right. And this is kind of the thing. This is this is what one of the things I, I enjoy about this podcast is that and even just a general discussion is there's so many different kind of mindsets in, in the game and kind of what people like, what they like people don't like about the game and also how they go about the strategies in terms of uh, you know, going into a round and, and, and what they're thinking. And it's it just it if you can get into the mind of your opponents, you're just in a much stronger position and it's just interesting to kind of like hear that what was going through the minds of people um, throughout a round and, and why they made certain decisions just so going forward, you know, you can either like take on that same mindset or, uh, you know, you just know what you're up against. And it's just fun to kind of like talk about everything at the end, right? Well, yeah, I, I feel like at the start of this round, I was not, I was not going to be playing lizard folk. I wouldn't have been a factor in the fast race at all. But we landed with uh, an active five pack, and that completely changed. Like otherwise, I'd be playing a slow human this round. I am so surprised, and honestly, like I'm so happy that Thor was. What did he get second? Yeah, he got second. Yeah, like awesome job by those guys. You know, really good job. Yeah, I think he was surprised at how well he was doing as well. A bit, he was like, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm top." <laughs> you wouldn't shit. believe the how rough it was when we when we first met them, like just trying to like tell them about efficient units and like, you know, don't build a thousand spies by you know day four, right? Try to work on efficiency and like here's some strats, right? Because that first round with us, it was rough for all those guys. Yeah, I think um, he got a sim maybe off Mano for that Goblin Explorer. I'm not sure actually, but um, and and we we helped him throughout the round as well. But at the end of the day, he sort of knew what he was doing as well. He didn't really need to check with us, but he he just did because he didn't want to make a mistake, as which is fair. He was in a really strong position. So yeah, I'm just so happy for those guys, you know, to get second. Like, that's beautiful. Good for them. I mean, having a big explorer like that can help as well, but we didn't really need him. <laughs> we didn't need him up there being a big explorer, but it, um, it could have helped us if our fast attackers didn't do so well, just checking with top position and everything. He was ahead of you at certain points of the round too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was ahead of me by ways at some points. That towards the end of the round, every hit I just would inch in front of him by, like, 50 acres for, for 10 minutes and then he'd explore past me again 
it also kind of like um, it factored in our conversations within our realm to think, you know, even if we do, if we put everything into taking out, you know, if we manage to take out both you and, and Ruri as attackers, then your goblin probably wins as well. So that really kind of having that that extra explorer as a potential um, person to win actually does kind of like enter into the strategic element. Yeah, there was a there was a point there where we almost were like Thor is our number one prospect for the win. So yeah, he was definitely in the conversation. I thought for a while there that uh, Poige was kind of just providing cover for him to kind of take home the win there, stalling out the goblins. But uh, turned out that that wasn't the case. I sort of just needed to stall the goblins. I needed to push them on just sort of shamans to just. Yeah, kill their pop a little bit. Yeah. So, Rio, how do you think your gnome did overall? Like, did you achieve what you wanted to achieve, or do you think you could have done things better, or, or how do you think yours went? Well, so my, I wanted to be super efficient. Um, I wanted to be the, the top efficient, like super efficient gnome. I was liking my position for a good chunk of the, uh, the round, like my texts were coming in. Um, pretty fast. I was still not far off the pace for most people. Um, I ended up with 30 techs and I got the first kind of 20 or so pretty quickly. Um, so I was looking good. It was really just the wars with, um, with round four that kind of killed me and that they really kind of put so much into um, into their attackers. They kind of over leveraged their positions and I just took a couple of risky hits and, and got hit twice for it and that was enough to put me off the pace. Um just completely. I've, I then found I was going to like, you know, 10 hours behind on, o, on OP or, or DP whenever I was going to hit. And people like Ruri, uh, who wasn't too far ahead of me for most of the round, just got away. Um, so without those hits, I would have liked my position a lot more. Um, but it just didn't work out in the end. I don't know how you felt in, uh, in comparison. Well, I went into this not really doing much thought into winning or like having any kind of like really good strategy because we just wanted to black ops people right so early on we had just like i think there's like 12 of us and we're like yeah let's just black op people <laughs> and you know and my strategy just kind of like went with the flow of the game you know so i really just didn't i really was just like okay if i make 5k great if i make six even better but it wasn't uh it wasn't a really thought out strategy it was just kind of like let's get some techs you know, let's get like 16 techs and then let's get rid of the the schools and then go, you know, into what the hell did I go into? Diamonds? I don't even remember, but I remember just getting the schools off pretty quickly. I think I didn't want to I, I saw what you were doing and I didn't want to do that because I felt like it was just going to be too slow, you know? Yeah, I think it definitely if, if two people are doing the same thing, I, I would have been ahead of you in prestige and probably text at that point, so you may as well do something different. If you are trying to compete, trying to do the same thing when someone's ahead, you, you're not really going to catch up, so you're right to kind of do something different anyway. And yeah, I don't know whether, maybe I did too many texts. Um, maybe it would have worked out in other rounds or, or, or not. Um, but I thought it was worth giving it a go this time anyway, since I've not done ultra-efficient for a while. Yeah, I I do find that doing uh converting can often be boring you know what i mean so i'm glad that we uh were able to spice things up with mutual wars and black ops because that made it much more exciting 
Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, there's been so much conversation about Black Ops this round, you know, there's an, a never-ending argument over whether they're too strong or too weak, and everyone's got a different opinion on what works, but I, I think it, it made this round one of the most interesting ones, just, it wasn't just all about a runaway kind of getting away, there were kind of battles going on throughout, for the most part, and I think a lot more engagement from a lot more people um, this round, and, and had a, a lot more influence throughout, so... Overall, I think it was really great, and I hope we don't do too much in terms of changes to um, get away from that. I, you know, if it was up to me, I wouldn't change anything about it. But you know, uh, I think I was outvoted on all of the changes. I voted against them all, <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm outvoted at this point. And I know Mariz is like, you know, putting together, you know, 101 strat uh, Excel sheets here about fireballs. So I'm sure they're going to want to change something. But I felt like everything was fine. I mean, you could do a little bit of tweaking to fireballs, like just a little bit, like maybe like, you know, give it a haircut of like 10% or something. But like, you know, changing docks and this other stuff, right? I'm like, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. But I'd love to hear from like, uh, you know, Koopa and Mithrandir on what your guys' thoughts were with all the black ops and like if you think anything needs to be changed or anything. Uh, I'll jump in and start. Um, it, they they hurt me, like, early and whatever, but it seemed recoverable. Um, I was carrying a few Archmages, like, only 0.3 or something, I think. And, like, at the peak of it, like, 4% Forest Havens. And for me, as a Liz, that's, wasn't, that's not a huge contribution, you know, like, to defend against it. But I guess some of the other races might have to do docks as well, maybe that's more of a contributing factor. But for me this round, it seemed like Blobs weren't in a terrible place just because, like, if I chose to build more Forest Havens or chose to build more Archmages, I could almost be defended against, like, four guys, maybe maybe even five guys coming at me pretty hard. I, I think uh, Blobs were in a good place. I know talks of Fireball being a little strong and um, thinking being a little strong. Um, I think Poige defended it perfectly. I know when we warred him, uh, Rush and Sharky remain black oppers, and uh, they were having a lot of trouble saying that he was very well defended with the 3% plus Forest Havens. I guess that's that's the the number to get right there. It was very um, disappointing for them. And they also uh, kept Rush uh, snared for a long time. Um, so he wasn't able to do anything. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, if I were to play a fast attacker, I'd probably go 3% plus Forest Havens as soon as Black Ops were enabled, and I think you'd be well enough defended where it wouldn't ruin your round. Um, I guess sinking's another thing. I've never dealt with that, so I don't know how strong that is. Um, I think someone tried to sink the, the DE in 3, I'm not sure if they accomplished that or not, but um, yeah, as a slow attacker, you don't really get blocked much, so this is what it is. Yeah, I feel like the, the... I'm not sure when syncing changed a little bit, but once it changed at some point where you could, rather than syncing zero boats, as long as you're syncing a percent, like a decimal of a boat, you're you're sinking a whole boat or something. I, I don't know what the go is there, but when that changed, it sort of made sinking. You almost have to protect like 90, 90 to ninety five percent of your troops. Yeah, our uh, 
I, I know I was running 5% ox at one point, which probably wasn't really needed as a slow pace since I wasn't on anyone's radar, but our uh, converting human had a lot of trouble because he was forced to kind of run... He ran enough docks to cover, I think, 100% of his troops at one point. Um, after his, I think it was his first hit, he got a bunch of water and just decided to throw it all onto docks to be protected. And it was a lot. It was a lot of, a lot of land to invest into that. Yeah, like our race choices were probably a little bit centered around docks this round, being, you know, although Ruri did train a lot of spec op, <laughs> a lot of routes. We were thinking about like how hard it was to sink a troll and how hard it was to sink um, even our even our like just being on a six point race instead of a five point, you know, like maybe a firewalker or something. At Rio, what was what was your guys' thoughts on how the block ops went? Because you guys were, as you said before, right in the thick of it with Realm Four there for a while. Yeah, we just kind of, uh, our approach is, and this is the thing that I like about Black Ops, is our, our guys like our lizard folks who were, who were behind as fast attackers, we just said there's no point in like trying to defend Black Ops because if we try to do that, then we're just going to slow ourselves down too much. So we just took the gamble that people wouldn't really kind of go for them. Um, and it wasn't really until we kind of had people that were looking like potential threats that we really looked to protect ourselves. and. I think that's kind of what works really well. Like, I, I think if you've got the choice of saying, you know, whether you want to go no protection or, you know, like sensible protection, say like 80% protection on, on your on your boats or full protection, 100%, it, those are all choices that you make and you base that on whether you consider yourself a threat or whether you consider yourself likely to be um, targeted for some reason. And I think if you kind of, if there's changes that make docks just generic to where everyone just keeps the same percentage, it loses that that interesting element to the game, so I kind of like where docs are right now. Um, and I think Poyd is right in that there was a change that means that now boats are um, you you seek at least one if you're over like that that threshold, which I think was probably the, a necessary change anyway because it really meant previously um, you didn't just need to protect the the right number. You had like a little bit of a, a buffer that was kind of went in your favor. Um, but but my my kind of position now is that I, I like where docks are. I don't think there really needs to be a change um, because of what, what I just said about, you know, making the choices based on, on your position. Um, I guess from a, like a noob standpoint, um, is there a way to, I guess, partially protect yourself from being sunk? Uh, I guess I was running 5% docks and a decent uh, spy ratio, but I, at any point, I was still worried. If someone wanted to, they could have sunk me pretty easily, I believe. But it, is there ever a, a position where you guys would, um, instead of fully protecting yourself from being sunk, kind of partially protect yourself? Or is it an all-or-nothing type thing with docks and sinking? So that's, that's I think, that's like a really good question. And this is where I kind of sit with it. Like, There's definitely... You don't really need the 100% protection in my mind unless you're like the number one threat or like the top dominion. Then, if you have anything really less than, than 100%, you could well be a target. I think most of the time, if you protect, say, 80%, um, it's probably not worth people kind of coming after you because it would take such an effort for them to do it. And then you kind of have enough time to um, invest in docs anyway to kind of bridge that final amount. So, if you're just kind of like 80%, what I just call like sensible protection. 
that's probably going to like see you through. Um, you won't be you won't be completely um, risk free with it um, because a, a group like a couple of rounds could come after you, or if there's a realm where you know like ten people in range, they could still get you. But unless you're like a top dom, then I would not really like suggest going any more than that. Um, unless you, I think, like you said, hit a lizard folk or a my folk where there's so much water anyway that you'd be rezoning it away and you may as well just build docks rather than farms. So um, that's kind of the approach that, that I would suggest taking. And that's what I would say to like my realm mates as well. Or just take the realm 10 approach and, uh, you know, peace and love, man. Just don't go to war. Yeah, just be very unassuming. Still don't know how they did it. It is. I think I've, I can't remember if I said it on a podcast or just in, in the chat. It's 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 a winning strategy to be under the radar to the point that everyone else has kind of cleared each other out, and then uh, you can really kind of go uh, without protecting yourself throughout most of the round. Only bring it in at the end, which is what a kind of an RVV approach often is. He's nearly always like short on ducks for, for most of the round until uh, until he looks good, and then brings them in. But the under the radar approach. Uh, it's not a bad strategy if you can get away with it. I'd love a round with that war. I I don't think I can go through a round without a mutual war. Like that's a that's a joie de vivre for me. Gotta take that checkbox. Yeah, it's not a it's for me. It's not a real round unless I've been at mutual war. As long as you you know get something out of that mutual war. Oh yeah, it's all you always get something out of it. You know. I actually wanted to talk to Mithrandi about just that hit on him, <laughs> whether you thought I would, I, I could hit you with cams. Yeah, that was a, a big thing I was discussing with uh, Realm, uh, if I would kind of be safe doing that hit, and ultimately I decided that even if you could hit me safely, I would kind of benefit land-wise past some explorers, maybe some attackers would catch up, but... Uh, yeah, when I did that, I, I calped you versus, I think, Freeze uh, by Christmas was uh, the closest to being able to break you. And um, I think I had it as I was slightly safe, but I, I don't think I accounted for some possibly Griffin Nest coming in. Uh, but I calped it, uh, I guess you'd have to send enough cams or maybe it wasn't even with camps that Freeze could break you on a Suey, but uh, I found out quickly I was wrong when you guys started killing off my draftees at 4 or 5 a.m., so I had to wake up and stay awake for a couple hours there, and it was a, it was a fun time. Yeah, it was, it was a weird time. Like, the tick that, that we were hitting was a weird tick for me just because I had all the U.S. guys waking up, and they were all waking up throughout the hour, and... So one guy would wake up and kill, you know, five, six hundred draftees, and then you'd release. And then another guy would wake up, and then the same thing would happen again, and then you'd release. And then it just kept happening. And at the end of the hour, all I could think was, I, I probably should have just, I could have hit you at the start of the hour before you dumped all your investments into walls and all that sort of stuff. But I just tried to make it a little bit safer for myself and just made it way more stressful. And then... Um, Four minutes before the hour change, I was like, um, my my phone died, and I was like, 
a minute or two away from a charger. So I'm running to my charger to plug it back in with bad reception. And then, yeah, I got, I got a message in the council from Rory telling me how many cams I can send because he knows I can't use Discord. It was, it was a pretty stressful little five minute period. Even that whole hour was pretty stressful. I woke That's up. That's all part of the fun. Yeah, I woke up and uh, I was kind of talking to Sharky and because uh, he was up, I think it was daytime where he lives, and I kind of asked him like, should I just take the hit? Uh, like I saw they were, you know, spying on me and stuff because I had uh, SP on, and uh, they, I think they tested my ratios a little earlier, maybe the tick before I had, uh, you know, some people killing off just a few draftees, and uh, I. I don't remember if Sharky told me to try to defend it or not, but I kind of just made the decision that I would, I couldn't win, obviously. So I was in the round, so I was just going for uh, possibly bouncing the possible winner. So, uh, and uh, I was in a good position to, I guess, try to get the bounce once I realized he didn't want to, I guess, hit me without killing some draftees. So, uh, yeah, I had about 2,000 swords that I overtrained that were just sitting there. And I, I had those at my disposal on top of a couple thousand spies. Um, I think my biggest mistake was uh, I thought he would just hit me at the beginning of the hour uh, when they did mass uh, FD killing. So I think I released the swords way too quickly. And they just kind of slowly killed him off the whole hour. Um, but yeah, and then I ended up uh, all the way down to five archmages at the end there. and. Um, you know, I tried to do one last dump of my platinum right at the tick, but I assume he sent a safe amount, but I'm glad I kept them on their toes. But yeah, it was, and then another thing, they were insanely organized. I was getting, I think like a CS from four, four plus people, if I, if I counted correctly at some points where they would CS me almost every couple minutes or sooner. It was pretty crazy, very organized and props to them for pulling that through yeah we just had lots of people waking up and i just kept doing requests like oh he's released can we get a close sight and then like yeah i guess we had so many guys on at that point towards the end of the hour that when i asked for that instead of one guy doing it five guys would do it well it sounds like you got a bunch of eager beavers in there yeah we were, we were keen we were very keen Sharky was giving me some uh, little pointers. I think I had like 750,000 platinum or something like that. And he was like, yeah, uh, you know, invest enough into walls. So you have 750 left. So it looks like uh, they could, so they could possibly miss the investment or something like that. But you guys were good. Checked everything. Well, we were, we were calculating you with uh, all platinum, all lumber, or everything invested so it was it was mainly the draftees yeah it's just i was worried that you were gonna drop them on me at some point you were constantly but yeah just at the wrong time i guess my main question for you is if i would have saved those sorties it was 2000 and released them kind of uh last minute would you have hit me earlier that tick or were you waiting until uh, 59 of the tick to send. No, I wasn't waiting for 59 at all. I was, yeah, the only reason I did it 59.30 is because that's literally when my phone turned back on. 
and I got back to the Open Dominion screen and loaded up the invade. But um, yeah, I was going to send any time in that tick. It just yeah, I wish I would have done it at like quarter past when we did that first draft DSS. All right, so we're getting on to two hours here, so try to wrap things up. Is there any other kind of points or any kind of things you guys want to discuss or you think we missed here before we wrap things up? Um, I guess just uh, congratulating Realm 2. It was a really good round. I could probably go on the record and thank my Realm, pretty much. There were so many guys in there that did so much throughout the round that made so many hits possible. Like, there were in so many that I didn't make if it wasn't for just random guys wake in the middle of the night to do drafty assassinations or like whatever. There's a lot of active guys eyes in the room so thanks to that and real yeah i think i just want to echo the sentiments i think i think it was the the right realm one in the end I, I said it early on in the in the podcast earlier in the in the round that if you guys still pulled it off after all those wars and and, and suicides that are going against you um i think you guys had to fight most of the way throughout and uh, and you managed to you know you met all of those tasks like head on and, and kind of persevered so I, uh, yeah, massive congratulations to you guys. I think it's fully, fully deserved. Well-earned win. So, well done. And I absolutely agree with Rio. If, uh, you know, you're, you're facing the barrel of a gun and you can survive being shot at by, you know, multiple realms, you know, that says something, right? So, big congrats. And, you know, I wish all of you guys a pleasant time off right bank your sleep get your vacays planned and then we'll see you back in the next one 